You guys ready for some hot wheat? Hot wheat? No. Let's get that hot wheat rolling, y'all. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Selection. It's your weekend weird. I'm your host, Kevin. And uh, with me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you this week? Kevin the, uh, the, uh. Kevin the forgot his last name for a no. second. No, I was going <laughs> to say Kevin the, uh, gluten intolerant people torturer with the hot wheat. Oh, yeah. Okay, wow, that took a minute. Yeah, yeah I couldn't remember the word gluten. I kept going, la- my brain kept wanting to say lactose, but I'm like, I know that's not right. Oh, no, it's hot wheat, not milky wheat. <laughs> oh, wow, we've got the lactose and the uh, gluten. Yes. Well, what, what is wheat but not the milk of the plant? Gross. And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you today? I'm sleepy. Yeah, no, we're all pretty fucking tired right now. Um, and I, yeah, I, um, so we should probably like mention that, yes, we are doing a week and weird this week because I fucked up and haven't finished writing the episode yet. David, for, um, yeah. Your episodes are very similar to Duke Nukem Forever because they feature, epi- <laughs> your episodes have feature creep. <laughs> I can't called, help it. It's called scope creep. Yeah. It, it, no offense, I love the amount yeah. of research you do. It's just funny how it's like, I'm sorry, the episode's not ready this week because I've discovered like nine other topics. And like, I found a 300-page book. I have to read the 300-page book. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so. hey, at least you're not reading about uh, Robert Anton Wilson because holy fuck. Well, um, I, I can already tell you that what I'm doing is going to be multiple episodes, um, not not consecutively, <laughs> but like, yeah, because I, I like the topic that we're going to be covering. I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but it's um, yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be like, OK, we're going to do kind of an overview of this topic and then we'll have like spotlights. Yeah. Later. So. Yeah. So before we get going, uh, first off, we have still got the zine. Uh, appendant. So if you want to appear in our zine, please contact us. Head to supernatpod.rocks. Go to the link that says zines, and uh, it'll give you instructions on how to submit your art and or text to be included mm-hmm. in the zine. All the details you need will be there on the website that is supernatpod.rocks slash zines. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> secondly, I've got a little bit of an update on an episode I didn't think I'd have an update on. Oh, the KLF. So you guys remember uh, in the KLF episode how Drummond was managing uh, the teardrop explodes and Echo and the bunny men. Yeah. And he had this insane idea that he would have uh, the teardrop explodes play in Papua New Guinea and uh, Echo and the bunny men play in Reykjavik, Iceland. And he would stand on a manhole cover in Liverpool and, like, I guess absorb energy or something. Harvest the energy while beating <clears throat> off. Who knows? Something. Yeah. Well, I need to explain something about that uh, manhole cover that didn't make it into the episode because it really didn't completely fit. It's such a digression. Mm-hmm. Um, that manhole cover is, like, more or less right in front of a bust of Carl Jung. <laughs> and the reason is because Carl Jung experienced a synchronistic event in that spot while researching another synchronistic event in that spot that happened to another philosopher. 
<laughs> now, all of this is also directly in front of the cavern where the Beatles got started. <laughs> so that's why that particular manhole cover was his manhole cover of choice. And the other, the real update is I discovered this week what Bill Drummond did on his 60th birthday. He went back to that manhole cover and he stood on it for 17 <laughs> fucking hours. That's it. He stood on it for 17 fucking hours. That's that's the update. He did, went back to the manhole. Did he Well, I was going to ask did he not go to the bathroom but then at age 60 maybe he was wearing a, you know some adult undergarments. I don't know, depends. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. So, just a little update that Drummond is still doing Drummond shit. So, you know, all is right in the world. The KLF continues in its own weird way. Hell yeah. So, that being said, let's get into our articles for the week. And if you guys don't mind, I would like to go first. Okay. Because this is a rebuttal to the previous weekend weird, where we talked about the Bigfoot side sightings being correlated to bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Which you so, took great umbrage with. I did, and apparently I'm not the only one. So, <laughs> uh, according to the Daily Star, is an article posted um, January 28th uh, by Ethan Blackshaw, senior news reporter. Uh, the headline is, Thousands of Bigfoot sightings, quote, can't be dismissed as beast behind them identified. Exclusive, a Bigfoot expert is weighed in on a recent study that claims to identify the hairy beast responsible for Sasquatch sightings, saying thousands can't be explained away. Hmm. And the article. An expert says, quote, thousands of Bigfoot sightings are, quote, still impossible to explain away, despite boffins identifying the hairy beast they think is responsible for them. A recent study published in the Journal of Zoology looked at whether there could be an explanation as to why some areas tend to have more Bigfoot sightings than others. Study author Flo Foxen, got that name, Foxon, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. founder of the Folk Zoology Society, wrote, quote, It has been suggested that the American black bear, Ursus americanus, may be responsible for a significant number of purported sightings of an alleged unknown species of hominid in North America. End quote. There are thought to be around 800,000 black bears across North America. Fox on study model Bigfoot sightings and bear populations in each U.S. state and Canadian province by adjusting for human population and forest area, which we talked about that last time. Uh, it found Bigfoot sightings are statistically significantly associated with bear populations. She wrote as black bear populations. I think we covered all that, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So, cryptogroupologist. Yeah, cryptogroupon person. No, cryptozoologist Andy McGrath, author of Beasts of the World, Hairy Hominids. Infinitely already more credible. Yes, absolutely. Told the Daily Star, it is logical that many sightings of Bigfoot-like creatures around the world are just misidentifications of varying species of black bear. He admitted that. He said, quote, It is no mistake that the word yeti can also be translated as mountain bear or man bear and could just be as easily be applied to a large creature like a bear as it could an undiscovered man ape. However, McGrath said, bears are 
quote, quite different from what people have described Bigfoot as looking like. (laughs) Quote, it makes it hard for such a, a misidentification to last for any more than a brief moment. He explained, standing bears have sloping shoulders, whereas Bigfoot is always described as being broad-shouldered. Also, bears have prominent snouts and ears on top of their heads, whereas Bigfoot are invariably described as resembling an ape with a flat face. Witnesses have also described Bigfoot walking comfortably on two legs and using their man-like hands to grasp things like sticks or rocks, a feat no bear could perform. Cryptozoologist says, Nuh-uh. Despite the study of Bigfoot being tainted by what McGrath describes as, quote, a cult-like fanboy culture. Good call on that one. He said, It is still impossible to explain away the thousands of descriptive sightings and long encounters that people have had with these strange creatures around the world, and I will agree with that. Not all Bigfoot sightings are bears. Yeah, some of them are people in uh, monkey suits. Got that? It was the one. Uh, yeah, just the one. Okay, two. Okay, yeah, just the two. The two famous ones, yes. Could have also just been a very hirsute man. Yeah. It could be furries. Oh, yeah. Which, if it is our furry community and you're listening, please don't go in the woods and make us think it's a ooh, Bigfoot. Ooh, I, I have another one. What's that? Uh, to uh, to quote, um, I can't remember the lawyer's name. It's Chewbacca. Oh, 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 that's, uh, oh, God, Cochran. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Cochran. Cochran yeah. It's Chewbacca. It makes it's no that sense. Does not make, no, yeah, yeah. That does not make any sense. Yeah. It could just be, you know, Star Wars nerds. It's not. Chewbacca costumes. It's really not, though. Some of them are Bigfoot. Mm, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say disagree, even though I think it's the most likely cryptid. Yeah, but. I still don't think. I'm not saying all of them are not bears, but I'm saying some of these are not bears. Okay. You know what, Mike? You know what? What? Ratio L, you lack whimsy. You say Mike lacks whimsy? Yes. I do not lack whimsy. I'm looking at the cat that was like digging yeah, she to is. China. Yeah, Gretla's over there in a wooden box attempting to dig to fucking China now that we're recording. But, Mike, I, I don't you say you don't whimsy. lack whimsy? No, I'm I'm just yeah. How's being... it feel now, huh? How's it feel? How's it feel well, I, to be I accused of having no whimsy? <laughs> I I'm just being pragmatic about it, and that you know, if there was a Bigfoot, we would have some hard physical evidence, not like fossil or you know, it, it, we we look as much roadkill. It's kill a different that, form of matter. No, that's that's even it's look, ghost monkeys. That's well, we're going to go to Boggy Creek and we're going to go to their boats. museum. I'm telling we're you. We're going to see all of the stuff that they have. Kevin, is, our world is not that amazing to have that have different forms know, of matter Mike. just plopping in that we can't even detect it's with some, our, you know, science. It's some form of interdimensional ghost monkey. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm calling it that just because I know it'll piss David off. Um, but yeah, I wanted to read that rebuttal after my my adverse reaction to that article last week so yeah you took it really personally i kind of did but <laughs> that's because you know reasons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i got I, no, I, I got i gotta stand up for something because you know kevin his whole you know 
personality is tied to Bigfoot. Well, not just Bigfoot. Some of it's aliens. We know that. I, I, I think we're all Bigfoot fans here. We are. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, if I if I got all three of us, like, Bigfoot shirts, like, matching Bigfoot shirts, I think we'd I, all wear them. I already have a like, shirt with a, Bigfoot on it, thanks And it's Kevin. you. Yeah, it's me as Bigfoot. Yeah. Do, do they have, like, a three-wolf moon, but with Bigfoot? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to find out while we moon. figure out who Look. reads the next article. Look. If if there's not one, I think that needs to be our next merch drop. Yeah, I, I think we need to make Guys, that happen. Huh. It is not a thing. That's us. C- copyright, copyright us. TM and copyright. There, it mind you, there is one that's got Bigfoot, a Wendigo, and a werewolf with a moon with a Mothman in it. That's pretty cool. It's three cryptid moon, but no, we got to do a three Bigfoot moon shirt. Well, we could also do three host moon as well. Oh, that will be, we do both. Yeah. 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 All right. So who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. All right. So I picked this article just because of the title, because it's very evocative. Okay. Um, So I picked this one up from the bite, which is at futurism.com. Uh-huh. Uh, published yesterday by Frank Landymore, and the title is Jet Black Eggs Recovered from Deep Ocean. Quote, a milky liquid-like thing leaked from it. I Look, leave the deep-ass ocean eggs alone. <laughs> Whatever it yeah. is, leave it where it is. Don't touch it. I know what's coming. It's big, and you have to make a sanity check. Yeah, it's you. You ever find those articles where you read the headline and you're just like, "Oh, oh no!" Yes, yes. Like when everyone wanted to drink the the sarco- sarcophagus water. <laughs> yes, yes. The sarcophagus uh-huh. juice, the mummy juice, turned out to be like sewage, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Darwinism should have allowed someone to drink that. No, drink here's the, the thing: someone juice. did drink that. Oh no! You have to know that someone did. Someone snuck up with a shot glass. Yeah, it's like the toe, <laughs> the toe yes, yes. and the liquor. The dude who has oh, the yeah. toe and the the whiskey bottle. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. gotta kiss a toe when you drink from the bottle. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead, David. Tell us about these no, monster no, no. eggs. So yes, um, the the, the first uh, section title here is egg stream depths. Oh fuck off, whatever website this is yeah it's futurism they do that with every article okay um okay the abyssal depths of the ocean harbor slippery secrets take what researchers in japan just dredged up okay it figures it's fucking japan does this they, they oh, love yeah. the horrors from the deep and eating the horrors from the deep mm-hmm. take what researchers in japan just dredged up mysterious jet black eggs so smooth and shiny they're like gross little marbles of darkness I really do like I, futurism. I think God. they have some great writers on here. Well, they're definitely creative in their words, their their use of words. Uh, as detailed in a study published in the Journal of Biology Letters, the eggs, technically egg capsules or cocoons, were discovered some 20,000 feet deep in the Kirill Kum, uh, Kumchatka Trench in the Northwest Pacific, one of the deepest oceanic trenches on the planet. The 20, egg capsule. 20,000 mm-hmm. 20, feet, yeah. but not 20,000 leagues. No, nah, no, because nah. that's, that's, yeah. Okay. Well, well, isn't a league a measurement for, um, uh, like, a traveling distance, not necessarily on a, depth? Yeah, on a, on a flat plane. Well, I mean, a league is just, yeah, you threw out something buoyant and, you know, measured it off 
you know, on yeah, the ropes. There's, there, there's a I mean, whole just, Saturday a Night Live sketch it's, about this. It's a distance of it's a distance. It's a it's a unit of distance, so mm-hmm. it can be just as easily applied vertically. And a league is basically a yard, I think. Okay, well, so so it's not like ridiculous, like measuring the Millennium Falcons Kelsey. Oh yeah, the parsec. No, yeah. no, it's you know you. Uh, I think they would tie off and not every like basically like outstretched arms, mm-hmm. which is about you know a man's outstretched mm-hmm. arms is about a yard. So you just have knots, you know, at at those, and you'd throw a piece of wood over. That's also where uh, knots. Yeah, the term knots speed yeah. comes from because that's like mm-hmm. how many per, knots in a. Blah, blah, blah. or something like that I don't yeah know. now here's a question though if uh you say it's arm's length yeah how many hands across america is it from north america to england i don't <laughs> know okay just curious uh the egg capsules belong to soft-bodied invertebrates known as flatworms and their Ooh. discovery is the first clear evidence of these otherworldly creatures living at such an extreme depth overtaking previous but uncertain record of around seventeen thousand feet um, uh, study Ooh. co-author Keiichi Kakui at Hokkaido University said that he was initially stumped by what he found. Quote, when I first saw them, I had never seen flatworm cocoons, and I didn't know what cocoons looked like. I thought they were maybe protists or something, he told IFL Science. Quote, under a stereo microscope, I cut one of them and a milky liquid light thing leaked from it, he continued. Fish at that cum. time, I didn't know how rare that finding was. God damn it. Okay, like every it. every single thing in this article so far no. is the start of a really good it's, horror movie. It's or or weird porn. Um, or Godzilla movie. Yeah. Now guys all of, or all of the above. Uh in host talk, I have posted a picture of a flatworm, and I gotta admit this is not what I was expecting. Oh yeah, with the oh, yeah. with the little eye shaped No. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. No, they're kind of beautiful. Pretty. Yeah. They're yeah. beautiful and weird, and like I'm, I'm way seen, less afraid of the eggs now. Yeah, I've seen some that are not as pretty as that. Yeah, but kind but, of browns and blacks. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's yeah, no, it's that, it's it's like a rainbow threw up and it came to life. It's like it's like now, a, it's like if well, a hippie's that, uh, flare piece just started swimming away. Now imagine seeing a three hundred foot version of that floating around underwater. No. Yeah, see, see, now we we got a good, we got, we're cooking up a horror story here. This is good. This is good. I like it. I like it. All right. Okay. So I need to, I need to do a factual correction. I looked it up. A league, I got leagues and knots mixed up, which I thought I was in the middle of my explanation. A league is actually about 2.4. It's not, it's very rough. It's like 2.4 to 4.6 statute miles. Mm. So it's of average about three miles. So 20,000 leagues would be impossible, I think under the sea yeah yeah because i always assumed based on the title that it was like twenty thousand leagues of a journey that's under the sea because oh that's like the whole traveling the book. that yeah because the far... whole book is like a travel oh. log oh so, of the Nautilus. so oh so, so you're, you're, you're underwater and going so 20, you're traveling leagues. yeah oh okay yeah see i always yeah, thought yeah, that, it was a, you're just talking about the depth that's okay wow you just like really turned me around on that title dude yeah it, it's like around the world in 80 days oh yeah yeah, well, yeah. There, there, there's a um, the, the guy liked his his travel logs. I'll just okay. put it that way. Well, um, I'm just sitting here finding beautiful pictures of flatworms and posting them in our host chat. So you, so you, I, you I, think the, okay. I think the word "while" you know would have gone a long way in that title. <laughs> Twenty thousand <000 laughs> leagues while under the sea. Yes. 
you know, that makes it too easy for you. You know, we have an issue with information literature, look, uh, information look, literacy in this country. I was a stupid kid. All right. I want it spelled out for me. <laughs> yeah, no, same here. Okay, I was a little right, kid, not stupid. <laughs> all right. Let me continue here. Yeah. Um, yes, tell us about the cum spheres. Using a remotely operated vehicle, the researchers found the eggs attached to two rock fragments. Though each was barely a tenth of an inch in diameter, they contained between three to seven flatworm embryos at varying stages of development. From there, a DNA, uh, DNA analysis of two of the specimens revealed that they belonged to a suborder of Trichlodida, uh, yeah, Trichlodida flatworms known to inhabit far shallower depths. At their developmental phase, the researchers said that the deep-sea specimens appeared virtually indistinguishable at a superficial level to their surface-dwelling cousins. That means that flatworms that live in the depths aren't born to be all that different than the ones that live in the shadows. That suggests, the researchers concluded, that the shallow dwellers may have gradually colonized deep waters over time. Quote, The similarity in development between the relatively benign shallow water and extreme abyssal environment suggests that the triclads adapting to their latter... Uh, faced primarily physiological and or ecological uh, adaptive challenges rather than developmental ones, the authors wrote in the study. So yeah, it turns out that these worms are probably from the surface and have been going lower and lower. Yeah. I to mean, get away from us. Get, well, or just predators in general. Yeah, that's or, they're, or they're finding their, their mother, uh, the 350-foot-long flatworm that's going to be in the next Godzilla minus... It might, uh, Godzilla minus 20,000 feet. It doesn't have to be that big. It could just be the size of a kiddie pool, like a deflated kiddie that pool. That would still be very terrifying, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. flatworm the size of a Buick, terrifying. Oh, yeah, no, mm -hmm. fuck that. Once again, like they used to say on something awful, nuke the ocean. Fuck that. Fuck <laughs> all, everything down there. Problem is we've nuked the ocean a bunch. That's probably where the, the Buick-sized flatworm came from. Well, it's That's how you get a kaiju. It's definitely where SpongeBob came from. Yes. But yeah, I, I figured that was a fun one because the whole oh, setup yeah. just sounds like a perfect horror story. Yeah, now it gets run over by a trucker that's got uh, Nyarlathotep's daughter with it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's fun that we discovered horrid eggs and it just turned out to be flatworms. I feel a little relieved, especially after seeing pictures of such beautiful flatworms. I did see the plain ones, Mike, but yeah. I wanted to be like oh look at these beauties it's not that bad yeah could be much worse until they come out of your sink or even worse out of your pee hole oh god yeah i was gonna say you turn on your uh your your faucet in your sink to brush your teeth and flatworms start coming out of it no matter how pretty they are you're gonna be like what the fuck now which collection is that stephen king short story in uh the the <laughs> The I'm scared of fucking flatworms, yo. <laughs> that must be one of his newer ones after yes. the van. Okay. That's, that's post van for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Good. 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 So, definitely after he got off cocaine. Okay. Yes. So, God, I hate. Did I ever tell you, David, that one of my friends. I remember when uh, Robin Williams got back into doing stand up. Mm -hmm. I told one of our friends, hey, man, Robin Williams has a new stand-up special coming out on HBO. This is in like 90, 98, 99, something like that. And he goes, is he doing cocaine again? I said, no. And he said, then I don't care. <laughs> oh, God. <that's... laughs> I was like, wow. That's harsh. Yeah, that's harsh given yeah. The, yeah, the, the modern 
all that fun stuff. I, I remember a really good um, Robin Williams cocaine joke when he uh, was doing a demo of Spore, the the game Spore. Uh, yeah, yeah. Video game developer because mm-hmm. Robin Williams is a huge gamer. Oh, he was um, a nerd. But he was creating his character in the creature editor and gave it a long snout. And he was like, hey, it's all the better for it to scoop up the cocaine. Yeah, yeah it's like, funny. well, that, that's a very Robin Williams Here, yeah. joke. Now, I think he might have been a goon. There were there's, there were some rumors that, you know, someone of his caliber was on something awful. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, so we'll talk about that on Distraction Hole sometime. Yeah. We'll talk about something awful that would um, be an amazing internet mystery to solve was robin williams a goon yeah if you, if you have the <laughs> Did logs he like my photoshop friday submission <laughs> yes or no if you have the Is logs he... you could see you know who dropped off you know yeah. on that date was he one of the people that took part in one of the two hell dump threads about me <laughs> it's always got to be about you, Kevin. Dude, it would that two fucking competing threads shitting on me and my webcomic. Oh. And I still am a member of that fucking forum. Let's move on. Mike, what have you got? So I also have a bit of a follow-up. Uh-oh. So I did a story a co- about a month ago or so about the uh, the scientist who says we don't have free will. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we argued uh, about it. Yeah, Rab- Robert Saplos- Sapolsky. Just, just call him Robert Supply Room. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he was on a uh, recent episode of the uh, Adam Conover podcast, which I listen to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, factually is the name of it. And so I listened to his episode. And so hearing the discussion, one, he unabashedly says that at age 11, he came up with this idea and has just kind of found things to support it, which is not good science. That's really. confirmation bias. And then pretty much. <laughs> Um, and two, his arguments are like, I, I will, I will give him that free will is probably a lot more limited than we give it credit for. Like we are a product of our genetics and upbringing. So those things heavily influence our decision-making pretty much to the point that we don't have much control, but I wouldn't say we have zero free will. Cause there's plenty of, you know, stories of people that, you know, turn their life around and, you know, do a 180. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, they go against their, their, uh, conditioned responses and make changes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there is free will, but it's in a more lim not more limited, but it's definitely not as free as we think it is. Sure. I, I and he still... doesn't have a good answer for the uh, the kind of random questions of like, well, if you have two equally weighted, you know, decisions to make, well, how is that not free will when you choose one over the other? Yeah. Do I want chicken or do I want crispy or baked chicken? Like if you had two yeah. meals in front of you that were pretty much equal to you, well, you're going to choose one. And it doesn't matter, so. Yeah, yeah no, I got gotcha. you. There, there, I, so I, I believe in free will, but, um, yeah. I, mean, I saw some merits to his, to his uh, points, but 
not so, in his overall message of zero free will. He he does say that you know that because of you know the free his his argument is that because there is no free will, which I'd say you know because there's less free will than we think. You know, we should look at pretty much everything that a person does, like bad things, as being products of their, uh, you know, their no. upbringing, their shit. No, I no, mean, I had some letting Hitler off the hook shit. No, right it's not there. not letting someone <laughs> off the hook, but it's I, I'm I'm definitely a, a uh, proponent of uh, rehabilitation. Not, oh yeah, no, I fully agree. We need prison reform. Like well, that's a what I'm saying. It, yeah, it, it's it's. You know, if someone commits a crime, no one says let them off the hook, but it's saying that just throwing them in a dark hole and yeah, not doing yeah. not not doing anything to rehabilitate. No, I agree. That's that, but you can make that argument just based on the fact that we've turned prisons into fucking uh, oh, free labor camps. Well, mm-hmm. no, that's less of a thing than it used to be, but it's more of just prisons have become ways for political donators to like scam the government yeah Yeah, prisons are a for-profit industry yeah Yeah. which is fucking nightmarish to me but so anyway that this wasn't supposed to be a topic that was a just addendum to a previous topic oh so that's not even the topic no okay so my (laughs) real topic for this segment is panties uh, yes panties how pink are they i don't know (laughs) No, it comes via Gizmodo. Alien-looking fossil trees uncovered in Canada, quote, unlike any of those that live at the present. Ooh. Hmm. Tree's canopy was 18 feet across, but its trunk was just half a foot thick. So. Like a palm tree. This I, this this article also kind of speaks to me because it's full of puns. Like, oh, right God. off the bat. You won't belief the shape of this ancient tree. Go fuck yourself, writers. <laughs> oh, who is the writer? Uh, Isaac Schultz. Fuck you, Isaac February Schultz. February 2nd, 2024. We'll continue. A team of researchers found a 350 million year old fossilized tree species that looks like something out of Dr. Seuss. Oh, God. The fossils are some. Truffle tree. Yeah, this. The fossils are some of the oldest known trees and were discovered in what was once an ancient lake in the northern northeastern Canada. The species is called Sanforidalicus densifolia Ooh, and would nice have taken up residence under the taller members of the forest canopy. The earliest fossil trees, not this tree, but all trees in general, date to the late Denovian period. Mm-hmm. No, not Denovian, Devonian. Devonian, right. Sorry, I misread it so often it sounded right. And these, from the early Carboniferous, are just a few million years younger. It's not clear what Sanford Dichilius' closest relations are on the tree of life, no pun intended. They intended that pun, come on. Yeah, no shit. Which means it's... Which means it's intratasatis. Can, can you imagine taxa. reading these articles if we were drunk? I am kind of drunk, so that's my problem. <laughs> I don't know what yours is. We're just dumb. You're yeah. drunk. So, <laughs> so if you ever wonder, everybody, our science guy drinks during the show. So sometimes, but uh, 
So it goes on. I'm not going to read the tangent about Dr. Seuss's trees because that's not important. But uh, they've they've named this tree the bottle brush tree because that's kind of what it looks like. It is a very funny looking like it's it does it, it look like a chimney sweeps brush sort like, of. If you ask a kid to draw a tree, mm-hmm. like Th- like a kindergartner to draw a tree, that's what they would draw. This is what you get. Its leaves look like if you took a palm tree's leaves but made it like the. Uh, with that one guy's swords from one from a bleach. I almost said one bleach. One bleach. Yeah, from bleach. <laughs> the kind of like sword with the spikes coming off the sides. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the tree and like it's very weird. It, it really does look like God made a child's drawing come to life. Yeah. We estimate that each leaf grew at least another meter before terminating, said Robert. Gestaldo, a paleontologist at Colby College and the study's lead author in a cell release. I'm guessing that's the uh, publication. Hmm. This means that the bottle brush had a dense canopy of leaves that extended at least 5.5 meters or around 18 feet around a trunk that was not uh, that was non-woody and only 16 centimeters in diameter. So it wasn't a so would it be really be a tree if it wasn't a woody trunk? I thought that was like the definition of a tree. I don't know. Oh, I mean, if you if you consider it like a a palm tree, a tree. I think, is yeah. that not a woody trunk? I guess not. No, no, uh, palm trees. I don't think they are. Uh, yeah, palm trees. I don't think they have wood. Oh, uh, I guess that they're, makes they're sense. fibrous. Yeah, yeah, so, and it does kind of look palmy in the uh, render they show yeah. up there. The ancient trees in New Brunswick were preserved when an earthquake pushed foliage on the edge of a lake into the water, pressing the tree into the lake bed. The recent paper focuses on the most complete of five tree specimens preserved in sandstone and siltstone on the ancient lake site, now a quarry. Based on the shape of the tree, with an immense canopy proportional to the size of to the rest of its size, the researchers concluded that Oh God! They're gonna make me say this thing again. They're gonna say the the crazy <laughs> just, tree. Just call it's it called a truffle tree. Optimi- it's called a truffle tree. Yeah, optimize its growth by intercepting light from the greenery in its immediate environs. The fossil reveal that the tree could host about two hundred and fifty leaves around its trunk, each stretching nearly six feet out from the trunk. The history of life on land consists of plants and animals that are. Unlike any of those that lived at the present, Gustaldo said in, in a statement, <clears throat> evolutionary mechanisms operating in the deep past resulted in organisms that successfully lived over long periods of time, but their shapes, forms, and growth architectures and life, while wow, this guy likes run on sentences, <laughs> and life histories undertook different trajectories and strategies. Rare and unusual fossils, such as the New Brunswick tree. See, they should have been calling it before, the New Brunswick tree. That's easy. It's one, but one example of what colonized our planet, but was unsuccess, an unsuccessful experiment. So, yeah, so the fact that we have nothing, I don't know, it could could be a precursor to palm trees, like you're it, saying. It, yeah. It's, yep. It honestly yep. sounds to me like a little bit like a. it evokes a missing link between, like, grasses and trees, because, Maybe like, coconut trees. trees. Yeah, 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 trees are, an, uh, trees were an evolution, uh, evolution from grasses, weren't they? Yeah, probably. Because they start, yeah, because they start developing, like, um, I, 
I don't know. I'm watching a lot of like speculative biology videos, yeah. um, and they. T- I, I'm watching this one right now where it's uh, the the whole gimmick is we find a we find a planet full of grasslands. We put cows, uh, uh, minnows, and crickets, and then see what happens and see them evolve how, and stuff. See like how that. long see how long it takes for a tree to show up. Yeah, yeah, or or how long until like you get a carnivorous cow. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's legitimately good I, I i love things like that it's like well, okay here now we have a three-foot burrowing cricket oh god yeah, just yeah it's great so, it's great stuff but yeah here's something about this time period with these trees first off sharks had been around before trees you know that right yeah sharks predate yeah. trees and Makes number, sense. and number two the carboniferous period is interesting because up until i think that point or during that point there were no microbes that broke down trees mm-hmm. and that's why we have petrified forests and tree fossils like that there was nothing to rot the trees yeah makes sense yeah mm-hmm. so just some interesting stuff I, I find the history of trees to be bizarrely fascinating well, yeah. any, any chance to flex your knowledge huh Yep. Hey, I read this on Reddit. <laughs> Fuck you. Yep. So, thank you for that, Mike. I, I was wondering about that tree. That's pretty interesting. Um, Now, before we go on to the next bit uh, and we take a break, I'm going to go ahead and do my second story because I have a segment coming up in the next bit, if that's all right. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll allow it, but, you know, uh, watch yourself, counselor. All right, <laughs> Right, I feel like, uh, God, what's his name from Law and Order? Okay, so this one is from BGR, which I'm not familiar with, but this got linked all over the damn place. You remember that George Carlin AI special that came out? Yeah. And everybody mm-hmm. was up in arms about, including Carlin's family? Mm-hmm. Uh, this article's by Joe Watushik. And uh, it's the George Carlin AI special wasn't actually written by AI, creators admit. Mm -hmm. Who knew that in 2024, one of the stories with the most twists and turns would be about George Carlin? Okay, it's not really about George Carlin. It's about AI. And that makes all of this back and forth make a lot more sense until we find out that AI wasn't involved at all. Well, it was Mm -hmm. in like a text-to-speech sense. Yeah. Last week, the creators of the George Carlin I'm Glad I'm Dead AI (laughs) special were sued by the Carlin estate. I I have to admit, that does sound, the the title at least sounds like something he would do if he could speak from beyond the grave. It does sound like something undead George Carlin would make. Uh, The special, which claimed to use AI to write the jokes and perform them in Carlin's voice, was called, quote, a piece of computer-generated clickbait which detracts from the value of Carlin's comedic work, and a, quote, casual theft of a great American artist's work by the complaint filed in court. Now, the creators of the special are claiming that it wasn't created using artificial intelligence at all. As reported by the New York Times, spokeswoman Danielle Dell told the newspaper, quote, it's a fictional podcast character created by two human beings Will Sasso and Chad <laughs> Kultgen. The YouTube video, I'm Glad I'm Dead, was completely written by Chad Kultgen. Now, I know Will Sasso. He used to be on Mad TV. He played Curly <clears throat> in that Three Stooges movie. 
yeah. uh, that the Fairley brothers did. Mm-hmm. And he, he also did these great TikTok uh, Vine videos where somebody would say lemons and he would just start vomiting lemons. <laughs> okay. Now, now, wait, so what did he do uh, in the, the video then if it's the other guy who wrote it? Is he just well, the fucking just, producer? It's something they both apparently worked on. Uh, it, it's part of their podcast together. Hmm. Anyway, that's an interesting statement, considering that the video itself, which is now taken down from YouTube as part of the demands of the lawsuit, but can still be found by people who re-uploaded it on some other channels, featured the Dudzy a- oh, Dudzy AI character saying, It's my impersonation of George Carlin that I developed in the exact same way a human impressionist would. Quote, hmm. I just want to let you know very clearly that what you're about to hear is not George Carlin. It's my impersonation of George Carlin that I developed in the exact same way that a human impressionist would. I listened to all of George Carlin's material and did my best to imitate his voice, cadence, and attitude, as well as the subject matter I think would have interested him today. So think of it like Andy Kaufman impersonating Elvis or like Will Ferrell impersonating George W. Bush. Does, quote, my refer to the AI or Chad Kultgen? I imagine that will be one of the pieces that the lawyers disagree on if this lawsuit actually makes it to court. Speaking of which, despite the admission from the creators of the video, Carlin estate lawyer Josh Schiller said that the lawsuit is moving forward. We don't know what they're saying to be true. We don't know what they're saying to be true, he said. What we will know is that they will be deposed. They will be, they will produce documents, and there will be evidence that shows one way or the other how the show was created. We'll see where this one goes, but it does continue to pick creators of content, whether it be AI or humans, against the people from whom they are drawing their inspiration. It makes you wonder if AI-generated comedic performances created by someone other than the actual comedian will eventually be allowed, but require revenue share between parties, something like the music industry is entertaining right now. While some people are using AI to create a fake performance from George Carlin, Google is making an AI doctor that can help diagnose patients. Oh, God, did anybody else just have a shiver run down their spine? Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, it's going to be a weird future, and AI is going to be a big part of it. Just like Bitcoin is. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Yep, and and those NFTs, I tell you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my NFTs are making me money. Yep. So, I guess the 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 immediate question I have is: Did any of us watch this thing? I didn't because I morally objected to it. I just didn't know anywhere to watch it. So I just I wonder if it was any good. I've heard it's not. I could imagine it's not, even if it was written by. So here's the thing. So, um. What would be the legal standing of someone doing a full-length set impersonation of a comedian like that? That's a good question because it's been done before because there have been one-man shows of people as Groucho Marx. So here's here's my thing. It's like I understand, you know, there are issues with ai but is it because they were sampling carlin himself to do it 
so here's the thing, but but an impressionist is going to do the same thing. I understand well, no, that, the, but the the impressionist isn't taking the actual like recorded dialogue they and kind voice of, of the are. person. They they're they're well, no, they're they're simulating it through their own vocal inflection and technique. It's it's like, but they're still like, if they're coming up with material that you know if you're writing something in the style of George Carlin, you're still doing the research. And you know, watching a bunch of his stand up, I, I think it's it's they're thinking about it in terms of like data scraping, and like if you're doing the research, so, you're still creating something on your own because you're processing it through your perspective so and you're writing the stuff down. But when you're you're using like say an AI model or, or a language learning model to or, or, or even just taking like recorded dialogue from Carlin and re-editing it. Well, that's not what it's doing. It in such though. a way. So, so I, I mean, obviously, didn't do this at all. But if say if this was done in AI, what you would do would be to you, know, you train a uh, a oh gosh, words are escaping me. <laughs> Algorithm. No, not the not the algorithm. The uh, neural network. That's where I was mm. looking for. You train a mm. neural network with it with the uh, you know the stand up performance. Like obviously, you'd probably the easiest way to do it would be you do it first. You do a text to a text version of the uh, set. Train or several sets, not even just one set. You take basically every set you can get your hands on and train the neural network on this set, and then have it generate you know, new sets based on that. But the training of the neural network, it's not, you know, it's not like Photoshopping, you know, bits and pieces together. It's the neural network finds the underlying connections between all that. It's really beyond my, what I've ever like Mm -hmm. had to look into, but I know just enough to know, I don't know anything at all about it. Right. But, well, uh, and I, it, see, it, my, oh, it, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, it's, I think there's a lot of misconception. I'm not trying to, uh, advocate for mm. IP theft via, you know, uh, training networks like neural networks like this, but it's a, it's a sticky kind of gray area because mm-hmm. if you take, you know, and it doesn't matter the art form or any, you know, because, you know, comedy's art, writing's art, you know, drawing is art, painting is art, all that. Mm-hmm. But if you take a person and they, you know, train themselves, you know, copying, not directly copying, but copying stylistically someone's artwork, mm. you, no matter what media it's in. How is that that somehow seen as more better than an AI doing it? Yeah, uh, I can. I, I feel like the difference here is that, like, if they were to just release a, a a set list of the jokes, like, "Hey, we wrote these jokes in the style of George Carlin" and everything like that, but it's it's. I think nobody would really have an issue with that because that's what writers do. You know, they they try to emulate and they try to, mm-hmm. you know, but. The difference is the performative aspect um, using a synthesized voice 
of someone who didn't well, consent. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. That's the completely different thing. That's yes, if you're, you know, trying to imitate that, that's a little more great. I'm just talking about the underlying can, like, art. Can I just say I think what I think the the big deal here is hmm. they didn't ask the fam the estate if they could do it, and I have a feeling if they had, oh, they would have said it worked no. with them. Like it, you know. If they had come to him and asked, there might have been a chance they'd say yes. Especially if there's like, we're not going to make any money from this. We want to do this as an experiment. If they had shot him down, then okay, great. But like, I'm just saying, I think a big chunk of this is you did it without permission. So here's the thing. Did they not make money off of this? Uh, No. Oh, then how are they getting sued? That's that's, uh, a, a big question. And I think I I don't know because unless they know. can unless they can prove this somehow disparaged I I'm not a no, I'm not a lawyer obviously so mm-hmm. but I'm we're not far, qualified. My understanding this. is that unless they can prove this somehow damaged, you know. Well, that's that's why it's going to court, I guess. Um, it just seems weird. I don't see how you could say this was you know you owe damages for this. I don't. But know. anyway, um, but. I, AI is one of those things. I think one, it's overhyped as hell. I don't think, you know, everything's going to be AI based in 20 years or five years. Um, I think it's just like crypto, uh, cryptography, crypt, crypto, 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 whatever, whatever. Well, no, I'm just saying cryptologically signed blockchain, blockchain is the word I'm looking for. Just like the blockchain technology, it, has some use but we're once again trying to shoehorn a technology into everything that doesn't always fit yeah and isn't mm-hmm. the best fit and probably is detrimental in a lot of ways like um like a like uh search results i don't want fucking ai in my search results because ai just like computers are supposed to be better than people at keeping track of facts what's real and AI is just showing that we've taught a computer how to be as untrustworthy factually as a person. That's true. Mm. We basically turned Google into QAnon. I mean, the algorithms Uh, were bad enough where they were just starting to put, put people into, you know, echo chambers, you know, and, you know, just keep feeding them the same crap. They, engage with because it's the same pap they've been you know clicking on but now we're just outright lying to people when they search for you know anything in a search result now can we all agree that this is uh all basically uh boiling down to that joke from the simpsons when smithers smithers turned his computer on it was uh the naked mr burns oh hello smithers you are very good at turning me on <laughs> you should probably ignore that yeah <laughs> yeah i just now we'll be stacy with a new hat i just i'm sorry i love that freaking joke yeah, so no, much so it's a, it's a great joke um but i'm not looking for ai to turn me on well, I don't know. I've I've looked at some AI porn. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna move on. Uh, so that being said, I figured we needed to pad out the first half a little more. So thank you for that, Mike. Um, Mike us- drunkenly rambles about something. Yeah. Well, that's that's why we got you. 
So we're gonna take a quick break. Man, I maybe I need a drink. We're gonna take a maybe we need an AI to replace you. Fuck. Fuck you. Replace all of us with with AI. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back after this. Hey there, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably into cryptids and monsters. Well, if you have a creative spark, you can always join us in our first ever Supernatural Selection zine project. For 2024, we are doing cryptid encounters, where you can draw or write a encounter with a cryptid of your choice, and we'll put it in the zine. The current submission window is from early January to late June. If you're interested in finding out more, you can always go to SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash zines. That is Z-I-N-E-S. Now back to the show. And we're back. So, having just uh, done my second segment spot before the break, David, what have you got for us? Oh, okay. Um... All right, so this is from uh, NBC News, uh, article by Catherine Ito. Fake news. Mm. Alabama Sorry. station in disbelief after 200-foot radio tower stolen. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I um, saw this. In fact, I put this, brought this up in a tab for me to cover, and then I saw David had already put it in the... Yeah. Discord at 5 p.m. I was like, damn it. I saw it, but I'm just <laughs> like, what in the fuck? Yeah, so so for, for our listeners, the way that we divvy up these stories is we literally have a Discord thread in which we uh, post links, and then we hit it with an emoji if we want it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, you know, yeah. you, you missed out by emojiing too late, motherfucker. Yeah, he missed it for <laughs> no, like an hour. Probably. I usually I usually assume if you post it, it's your story, mm. and I just it's I just emoji dog. emoji the ones that I've already covered. Well, I I, I throw a few in there just uh, you know in case anyone wants them because sometimes Mike, you don't have a story. True. <laughs> um. Anyway, it says a uh, radio station WJLX can no longer broadcast its AM programming since the incident. Gee, I wonder why. Man, where are people going to listen to Coast coast to Coast AM? Oh, if it's in Alabama, you know it's not Coast to Coast. It's like either hard right or like Christian. Have you listened to Coast to Coast lately? Uh, Not lately, no. Tactical flashlights and baker buckets, man. Tactical flashlights? Flash, not flesh, (laughs) you darn long galoot. (laughs) So, so you'll probably cover it in your story, but not only is their AM station offline, their FM station is as well. Oh shit! Yeah, because yeah. oh, those shit, towers dog. can do both. Yep. Well, no, no, you'll get. It's interesting. Oh, okay, okay. Continue. Um, a radio station in Alabama was forced to go silent after a thief stole its 200-foot radio tower and other equipment from a building. The station, WJLX, sent a landscaping crew to the site on Friday morning for a spring cleaning, only to find the 200-foot radio tower gone. What the fuck? (laughs) When a crew member called the station's general manager to break the news, he was in disbelief. Quote, what do you mean the tower is gone? Are you sure that you're in the right place? <laughs> I mean, I can understand that's, that. That's a, yeah, no, that's a pretty good reaction. To, there's no fucking way oh, somebody oh, stole a radio tower. Oh, no, he, he goes on to say, I actually used more colorful words than that. Brett Elmore recounted <laughs> to NBC News. About? He said there's wires all over the ground and the tower is gone. 
fuck? Oh my god! What if they stole it for the copper? Uh, that's that's one of my theories. Probably, probably two hundred foot. That's that's steel, man. That ain't you know that ain't copper. I, I mean, that's what that sounds gets, like. This honestly sounds like something from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. I can imagine Ricky Bubbles and Julian stealing a radio tower because usually Bubbles would sell the shopping carts for the the, the metal. Okay. So yeah, I can imagine them stealing like a two hundred foot tower and like, oh, it's the big dirty. We're gonna make a fortune on this one, guys. <laughs> the big dirty. Okay. Uh, I love Trailer Park Boys. Anyway, um. Not only was the radio tower stolen, but a nearby building was also vandalized. When Elmore heard the door was left ajar, quote, that's when the reality was starting to set in that something bad had happened. (laughs) (laughs) Not not the missing fucking 200-foot tall tower, but no, like, a door had been left open on the building. They stole the lawnmower! (laughs) Um, The thieves stole every piece of equipment from the building, including a transmitter. Elmore has filed a report with the police. Um, quote, there was a meeting yesterday between the owner and our neighbor, uh, our investigators concerning the matter. Jasper Mayor David O'Mary told NBC News on Thursday. At this point, we are still lacking information that we have um, that we have to conduct a full fledged investigation. This is the like, most exciting thing that's happened to this town in like years. Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, WJLX notified the Federal Communications Commission that its AM station was silent. The station was hoping to continue broadcasting its program through FM radio in the meantime. Quote, we requested a temporary authority to keep the FM translator on until we get the AM back on the air. Elmore said on Thursday. But unfortunately, this morning I was notified the FCC denied our request to stay on the air on the FM side. So actually, we're about to go power down the transmitter. Jesus, fuck. Despite the setbacks, Elmore has faith WJLX will bounce back. Unfortunately, the site was not insured. We're a small market station, but we're going to get back, and we're going to be back on the air as soon as we possibly can, Elmore said. I'm proud yeah. to be an American! Yeah, so apparently their, uh, their FCC license said that they have to transmit on both AM and FM, and if one goes down, they can't just keep transmitting on the other. Damn. So, I mean, that, that makes th- sense. So that there's just Still, a temporary like, thing. I mean, they could probably continue to apply, but just means in the meantime, you know, they can't. But there's yeah. also some other weird aspects to the story I've seen in other articles, like uh, the replacement cost of the tower would be about a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They say that that's money they just don't have. But uh, also. Uh, they had a guy from Virginia call yesterday and say, you know, I think a helicopter grabbed the tower. What? Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called and said they think a helicopter grabbed the tower. Uh, it's, wait, is this like related to cattle mutilations? I don't know. Elmore what? added that uh, WJLX wasn't the only station hit by thieves. About six months ago, a nearby radio station had their air conditioning unit, copper pipes, and other materials stolen. He's not sure if the robberies are connected, but the, he believes thieves may have targeted WJLX's tower and transmitter to make a quick buck from selling the metal. Which, you know, makes sense. What else are you going to do with a radio tower? I mean, I'm sure steel has a price. I, I'm, but, just, uh, I'm, I'm looking up the station now to see what yeah. I can... Like, I'm seeing that they, they have that notification on there. I'm trying to see yeah. what type of station they are. Well, let me tell you something. There's one thing they need to do. They need to keep an eye on eBay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Used radio yep. tower. Mm-hmm. 200 oh. foot tall. But no, so there was in For the... For sale radio tower. The, never the, used. The, 
spot of land it was on was a part of a poultry plant. And they're hoping that the poultry plant's uh, surveillance cameras saw something. It's just nothing but chickens out there snapping the wires, pulling the tower down. They've got a new state-of-the-art metal nest. Okay, I see at least a couple of Christian programs on here. It seems like it's like a a community. I think they have a couple music programs. Uh They they do sports and stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you... uh, Actually, I don't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, they do free lunch Friday contests. Oh, a lot of stations do that. That's fun. From the, the Pie Factory of Jasper. Jesus Christ, they're responsible for the diabetes in that whole area. See, they do oldies. I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm curious. Like, I, I've yeah. always had, like, a fascination with, like, little radio stations and shit like that, so. I'll tell you who didn't do it. Church of Satan. Yeah, just I saying. mean, no, that, that's fair. No, that makes sense. I wouldn't do that. So, so this was about a uh, 18 to 20 foot. 18 to 20 story tall tower. Uh Uh-huh. They should have seen it on a flatbed. I mean, I'm sure they cut it up. Maybe. I mean, what if it is a helicopter and there's just this tower flying through the air? Just very loudly chopping up a a radio tower in the middle of a chicken ranch. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) This sounds like something from Trailer Park Boys to me, though. Jesus Christ. So here's a legal clarification. The Ooh. FM station is officially just a translator of the AM station, which means it rebroadcasts the AM feed on FM, and it isn't legally licensed to operate as a standalone radio station. Hmm. So I'm I'm assuming they could like apply to be an FM station. I don't know what the uh with the conversion process. I'm sure there's some kind of documented conversion process to change your uh, translator FM station just to a full-on FM station. I mean, we could literally spend the next 30 minutes Googling how yeah. how to convert the station. I think it'd be entertaining, but that's just me. So apparently, it's also had a checkered history, including being sold repeatedly and recently, and many shutdowns because of inadequate maintenance of the AM tower. Mm. Huh. Oh, here's one. Uh, FM translators of AM stations get converted to standalone stations with a corresponding shutdown of the original AM station all the time. So I'm surprised the FCC didn't approve a conversion. Oh, maybe like, okay, this is probably me like saying something inflammatory and probably like, um, but like, what if like the person who runs the station like sold the tower to someone? Yeah, because apparently the station some, like has been having issues. So I, I don't know. Maybe, meth money. maybe there's a conspiracy here. Well, we are a conspiracy podcast, sort of. So that's fine. We're, we're conspiracy adjacent. Yeah. Ah, here's a conspiracy. So I'm going through the. Uh, I originally saw this story on Slashdot. So I'm looking through the comments. That's where I got some of the uh, extra information from. And someone says, "But it was aliens." <laughs> there you go. How's that, Kevin? Yeah, no, works for me. They're uh they needed it to uh broadcast their own uh radio station. So it, it was Ooh, either five was. Bigfoots or five black bears. I don't you know, know who which. it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it's five Bigfoot or uh T 
ten black bear. No, no, well, you're missing the whole the whole obvious choice of who or obvious one who it was. It was the the pirate Max Headroom from the eighties. Oh, <laughs> dude, that would be bad. He stole it to up his uh, piracy game. We, we we still need to do our pirate broadcast episode. Yes, that yeah. is on the topic. Yeah, yes. I want to talk about that that Max Headroom incident because yeah, amazing. there's that, and then there's like the Ashtar Command broadcast in the UK. There's actually several we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, that's fun and new. That's hot wheat. <laughs> That's today. That is hot wheat, y'all. Uh, so thank you for that, Mike. Um, yeah, his, his, a comment also made, did nobody call in saying, hey, you went offline? That should tell you everything you need to know about their listeners. Yeah. Thanks again, Mike. It was my story, motherfucker. Shit, sorry. I'm tired, David. <laughs> Fuck. Mike was doing so much I'm, research and I'm, reading about I'm, I'm it. I'm taking credit for everything. Next, God Kevin goes start giving me credit for his stuff, too. Holy shit. Wow. I am I, so sorry, man. My, my flowers me. were stolen from me. I'm sorry. That was totally you, and I'm just no, so glad. Nah, we're, we're good. We're good. I just found it very, very funny. I'm just like, wait a minute. Oh, fuck me. I, I was doing this before the show. I kept thinking Mike did the UFO, uh, Mike, the, the, the Bigfoot big story. Yeah. So. My, my, yep. Mike's, Mike's the one who joins the group project in the I'm last the week. Only, I do the least amount of work in this podcast. I'm getting all the credit. This is great. Fuck me. Oh, man. So, um... Thank you for that, David. Now, Mike, do you have a real story? I thought I think it did like five stories already. So, <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah, another one from Gizmodo from January sixteenth by Ed Cara. There's been a staggering increase in people killed by fungi every year. Study <laughs> finds more fungus. Uh, uh, fear-mongering mark it off on your bingo card people yeah ah, cat why are you wet cat rubbing against me and she's just like wet mike don't talk about the wet pussy on the air well it's got my foot wet it's gross and i i'm always like going is that i hope that's water yeah well which part is the which part of the body is the cat rubbing you with her head it's tail oh okay oh. it's oh. ginger the top of her tail though thankfully no. So she, unless she's really good at peeing, you know, it's probably water. All right, back to fungi. <clears throat> the global burden and death toll of fungi has substantially climbed over the past decade, new research finds. The study estimates that fungal infections help kill nearly 4 million people annually, almost double the amount estimated by similar research in 2012. Co-infections like HIV and tuberculosis, a lack of speedy and reliable diagnostic testing, and growing antifungal resistance are thought to be a major contributor to these deaths. Murder. Murder fungus. Fungus murder. The new research is by David Denning, a fungal infection researcher. Well, of course he's going to say it's like... He's gonna. He's like trying to get more. Uh, exactly. More, uh, oh, it, it's funds. deadly. It's deadly. Make sure that you fund my research. Fungal infection researcher at the University of Manchester in the UK. It's also the UK. You know, they just die of everything over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have weak constitutions. It goes Dude, along they with the weak monarchs. From, 
They, they die, die when they eat cumin. They eat too much flavor and they die. Yeah. Over a decade ago, Denning and his colleagues conducted a review of the available data on the global morbidity and mortality of fungal infections, particularly the infections that can cause severe illness by systematically invading our bodies. Did I say evading? I meant invading. Mm. Back then, they estimated that fungi dis- directly caused or contributed to the deaths of about 2 million people every year. In this latest paper, published last week in the Lancet Infectious Diseases, Dennings tried to gauge how common and deadly these infections were between 2019 and 2021. To do so, he reviewed dozens of papers published from 2010 to 2023, ultimately analyzing data collected from over 120 countries. Dennings now estimates that five, excuse me, 6.5 million invasive fungal infections and 3.8 million fungal-related deaths occur worldwide every year. He also calculated that about 2.5 million of these deaths are directly attributable to fungi. For some added background, a recent review estimated that infectious diseases as a whole caused or contributed to roughly 14 million deaths annually. While people are routinely sickened by viruses and bacteria, fungi are typically less suited to infect us. Most species can't live long inside our warm bodies, our warm, toasty bodies. Warm, toasted mushroom bodies. Until they beat that species barrier that we talked about. No kidding. God damn it. And our immune systems are usually very capable of resistant fungal infections. But in recent decades, several factors have made these infections more common. New medicines have allowed people to live with donated organs or survive once fatal conditions, but the cost of a weakened immune response, for instance. Some scientists also speculate that climate change has helped some fungal species, such as Candidia auris, evolve to become heat tolerant, which then makes it easier for them to infect humans. Fungal-related deaths that happen today are often linked to other health problems, Dennings notes. For instance, he estimates that over 2 million annual cases and 1.8 million deaths of invasive aspergillosis, infections of as, as, not Asperger's, aspergillus fungi that typically affect the lungs. I guess that makes sense with uh, asp, aspirate. Occurring people who are struggling with chronic or obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, uh, lung or blood cancer, tuberculosis infections, or who are otherwise in intensive care. I think we covered a little bit of this before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fungal infections in general are also estimated to contribute to nearly half of the 600,000 deaths that still happen every year from poorly controlled HIV and AIDS. And it's possible that Denning's tally is an understatement, since he didn't look at the potential impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, dun-dun-dun, which is known to have helped spark large outbreaks of fungal germs inside hard-hit hospitals. Mm. Many of these deaths have been... have been may many of these deaths may have been preventable if doctors were better at proactively recognizing, recognizing fungal diseases, Denning says. But current diagnostics often fail to detect these infections even when doctors suspect their presence, he adds. Most, much like lupus, I guess. They don't think that's the fungus. 
Mm-hmm. We also have relatively few antifungal drugs available. Well, come on, just just use a tenactin, right? That's that's good on fungus. <laughs> and some germs have quickly learned how to defeat these treatments. Scientists are working on developing new drugs and other avenues of prevention, such as vaccines. Okay, that's that's a that's a period, but they start the next sentence with sentence with but. Come on, editors, be better. But Denning says more accurate, accurate and readily available tests are also needed to help contain the growing fungal threat to humanity. Mm. Should have been a comma, not a period. So bad, 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 bad. Uh, well, uh, well uh, coming, com, coming from an English teacher here, uh, the English language has updated quite a bit. So like while traditionally you wouldn't want to start a sentence with but you can um it, it, it's become more of a stylistic choice yeah that's a bunch of butt <clears throat> nonetheless fungus bad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah of course we, we knew um, that it, our, fungus our can be friend bad. the fungus Fun- fungus will kill us all and or feed us all depending on who you listen to and we probably deserve it at this point I'm going to draw a little Among Us dude with like a little mushroom hat and he's going to have a knife and then that's going to be a new t-shirt for us because the fungus is going to kill us. Yep. We're going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. So, um, yeah, fungus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So thanks for, uh, thank you for us the more nightmare update. fuel. Well, I'm just a fun guy. I really, uh, God, fuck off. I really kind of want some fried mushrooms now. Mushrooms are delicious. They are. Yep. <laughs> Glad that we could agree on that. Yep. Sorry. Mushrooms suck and are nasty. <laughs> you, you, you were just Mike thinking about fried mushrooms. Like You're just like, mm, man, I fried was. mushrooms. And you just zone off. Yep, I'm just zoned out thinking about mushrooms. I'm sorry, it's just I'm yeah, hungry I, and tired. I, so. I do not like mushrooms, Sam. I am. I do not like mushrooms and ham. You know that wouldn't be that bad. Uh, um, I think I think mushrooms go best with pepperoni. Uh, yeah, no, they do. I, I just like fried mushrooms. Get a toothpick, dip them in some ranch. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, everyone, <laughs> uh, I've got a segment I would like to. Uh, introduce that we're going to start doing on our weekend weird ladies and gentlemen i welcome you to phantoms and monsters theater oh god ladies and gentlemen welcome to phantoms and monsters theater presented by lord kevin Heyman, the fourth earl of schlotsky's now okay. you know you're going to have to read the entire article in that voice. Yes. Nope, I'm not yep. doing it like nope. that. I'm doing voices, though, as I always do. <sighs> um, all right, fine. A homeless no, woman. No, 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 please don't. Please don't. A homeless woman. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A title homeless of the article. woman. Title of the article is Homeless Couple Freaked Out by Unknown Creature in New Jersey Pine Barrens. Okay. <laughs> A homeless woman and her boyfriend, which it doesn't say whether the boyfriend is homeless there. They're just assuming. What if he's got a place and she's just like, I like my independence. <laughs> I feel like they're they're trying to add to the story. Nonetheless, a homeless woman and her boyfriend are camping in 
if you're homeless, it's not camping. No, that, that's not You're camping. living in a... In a tent and, down yeah. by the forest. Down by the river. So, homeless Sorry. woman and her boyfriend are camping in New Jersey's Pine Barrens. A series of strange events, including an unknown tall creature and maniacal laughter freaks her out. The following account was forwarded to me. Could it have been the Jersey Devil? I was homeless for a few years. <laughs> Sorry, always that voice. I was homeless for a few years from 2018 to 2021, and I used to stay in a tent with my ex-boyfriend in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. I always had to end up moving my tent spot eventually because the cops would find us. Either way, I had spent a lot of time in the woods at night. One night when walking back to my tent, I heard something down the trail a bit. I shined my light in the direction of the sound to be met with the glowing eyes reflecting my flashlight. However, that's that's some punctuation. However, where the eyes were made it so whatever I was looking at was taller than me and I'm 5'8". <laughs> There is no animal that tall in the area. You ever seen a moose? Just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. We need to make deep moose happen. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. We have deep moose as a new cryptid we're trying to start. (laughs) I turned to my... She doesn't... She didn't mention that her ex is there until now. I turned to my ex and tell him to start going to the tent faster. He could tell something was off, so he asked if I was all right. I told him I'll tell him when we get back to the tent because I have always been told not to acknowledge such creatures slash spirits as it gives them more power. (laughs) Superpower. (laughs) Then some nights there would be smacking on our tent. It would hit all the sides of the tent. That's cops, lady. We would look out the tent windows and check outside the tent, but we would never find anything or hear any footsteps. Another night during the summer, we decided to go for a small hike at night because it was way more of a tolerable temperature. About 15 minutes into the hike, I started feeling paranoid like I was being watched. About five minutes later, I heard a maniacal laugh coming from somewhere in the woods. Oh, it's just a Jersey mad scientist, man. What? (laughs) I couldn't pinpoint which direction, though. My ex asked me what was that, and I loudly said, I don't know, but whatever whatever it was, it needs to stop. As soon as I said this, multiple maniacal laughs started. Is it like a fleet of, like, Tex Richmond from uh, the Muppet movie? It might be. Maniacal laugh. (laughs) Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. My ex and I turned around and walked back for what felt like the longest 20 minutes. Considering it took you 15 to get there, uh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Another time, I found a severed coyote head with something hung in the tree beside it. It had a tooth in it. What the fuck? It had a tooth in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And lastly, one time I was with my friend parked on the road far into the woods so we could smoke. What were you smoking? Mm. The passenger window was down, which is where I was sitting. The woods were right next to me. Yeah, that's how that works on a road. The woods were right next to me. Again, the feeling of being watched overwhelmed me. Two minutes or so later, I heard a, hello? And then, John, coming from the woods. 
I tell my friend to turn around and we need to leave. I didn't tell her why because, like I said, I don't like to acknowledge these things until I'm far away from them. Uh. They're just looking for John Keel. Yeah, note, <laughs> they are actually. Note, the pine, the, okay, misspelled the pain, the pain, <laughs> the pain, Baron. <laughs> Duke, Vla- Duke Harkonnen and his family, the pain barons. <laughs> I can't read. The pain parents are also known for a large host of cryptids and anomalous activity, activity including Bigfoot lawn. <laughs> I, there's a lot of just added letters in this in this this article. The uh, pain barons. <laughs> always be, always beware the spirits looking for John in the pain barons of New Jersey. <laughs> Just, hello, John. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that was great. I'm really glad I found that one. But when I saw a homeless couple freaked out by unknown creature in Jersey pine barons, I'm like. It's the Pine Barrens. Is it really there, unknown? It really wasn't like a creature, like any indication of an actual creature in that story. It was. There was a moose, her drug-induced paranoia, and somebody looking for John. Mm-hmm. In the Pine Barrens. In the Pine Barrens. <laughs> That's the best part, though. The yeah, pain no, I, I like that. I like yeah. the Pine Barrens. I feel like if we do one about the Jersey Devil and the assorted creatures up there. We're going to have to call it the pain barons now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's our segment. Thank you for, thank you for listening to phantoms and monsters theater. So, uh, what about the pain elemental? Is that in the pain barons? I am the pain elemental, Mike. <laughs> All right, then. Yes, you are, Kevin. Yes, you are. Yes. I am the pain element, dude. There, I, no, the, see, the few times I've woken up and something on me hasn't hurted, I've cried. See, see, see. No, you're just you're just suffering from pain. You're not the living embodiment of pain. I would like to argue that, but let's move on. No, see, the living embodiment isn't of pain. He just causes pain. Oh, the, the pain baron sounds like a retreat for BDSM fans. Ooh, Ooh yeah, sexy. So. That's that's our new segment. So, David, mm-hmm. we don't have any questions. Mm-hmm. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is X going to give it to us? X is going to give it to us indeed, and perhaps we're going to be given it as well. Hell yeah. Let's do this shit. Leroy Jenkins. Okay. Uh, the name of the thread is Lizard Rizzing Reptile Maxing Advice. Are we talking Lacerda all of a sudden? Well, let me just read this message and we'll start discussing. Oh, please do. Quote, what are the spiritual implications of having sex with a reptilian? If they're real and they reproduce, then surely that means they get horny and need copulation. How can I achieve that? Um, well, have you tried a whirl? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, it didn't sound like Lacerda... Uh, wasn't I don't, unwilling. I, I, I get the feeling Lacerda doesn't need the help either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just know, sunning just herself saying. on her rock. Naked. 
wither lizard tits. They emphasized sunning herself naked on her rock. Yes, a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I, I I gotta know what the response is to this shit is. Well, the first post is go to the mammoth cave system, follow the stories about goblins, find them, and figure it out. Goblins aren't reptilians, though. That's well, but they're they're affiliated. Animal. They are affiliated with them look, in some UFO. Just be, look, just because you meet at the company picnic doesn't mean that, like, you know, <laughs> you, you know, they're not in constant contact. I mean, sure, maybe they're using the underground um, Agartha network that connects to Shambhala, but um, I don't, I don't think they're like hanging out like that. Okay, here, here's a nice cringy response. Um, <clears throat> I think it's like us, except they lay the eggs. They also feel no love and are hyper intelligent, so breed strictly for eugenic or strategic purposes, and Ooh. not uncommonly by rape. Though the females Whoa. harbor no negative emotions from the experience and simply leave the children on their own like all lizard mothers or eat the children if they consider them disadvantageous. Of course, that's assuming you can even inseminate the right hole in their maze-like vaginas. A contributing, <laughs> albeit not undesired, factor in the relatively low population, only one trillion. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing Lacerda's vagina looking like a Pac-Man maze now. <laughs> Are the ghosts in there? My vagina's haunted. If you're like if you're like going at it, does it go waka 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 waka? <laughs> it goes gobble gobble gobble. Okay, um, here, here's a good response. <clears throat> uh, this is in response to the the goblin thing that okay. we were just talking about. Quote, I actually just finished watching Hellier. Do you Hell think, yeah. hypothetically, by masturbating in the mammoth cave system, I can generate enough organ energy to attract a reptilian girlfriend? Go for it. I mean, the park <laughs> rangers aren't going to be your friends, but go for it. Uh, same reply. Feels uh, the Green text. Feels no love. Girls are intensely subby. This is the perfect relationship. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> um... There's some fucked up shit in that post. Can you post a picture so I know what I'm getting into? Also, does anyone know what attracts them, especially the females? Like, maybe I can bait one outside the cave and then fuck it. <laughs> or maybe I can cultivate the attributes that females find attractive and start a legitimate relationship. I don't know. Apparently being interviewed turns them on if you tried that. <laughs> um, I One great reply, I'm willing to get lost in the lizard labyrinth. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole weird Dungeons and Dragons supplement. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So not not a whole lot here, but like people giving serious thought to to fucking the lizard people. You know, for once we've got a lot in common with uh with four chan there. Just, just um, <laughs> we have we have deeply thought about sex with a lizard woman. <laughs> oh man. And it, it, it gets filthier from here, but... Um, oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, great. so lizard rizzing, reptile maxing advice. So, like, let's all give them a, a, a good piece of advice if you want to um, attract a, a, a lizard wife. Um, I think you got to be the sub. I really think you got to, you know, be like, take me, superior woman, I am your monkey man slave. Okay. No, I, I, I can see that. Okay. How about you, Mike? What's your if, advice? If, 
it's all about the uh, the distinct coloration. Bonus points if you have neck frills. Oh, <laughs> can you make them out of cardboard? I mean, I don't see why not. I yeah. mean, you know, we we do plenty of you know pseudo uh, sexual markers and peacocking. Our, uh, well, in our in our dress and our you know in makeup and things like that, so I don't see why a, a lizard person wouldn't also be receptive to uh, fake sexual uh, markers and a yeah. potential mate. Sure, yeah, you could. Hey, Ooh, get one of those like get like the the frills like like Shakespeare wore, or he's depicted as wearing, but oh. you know, like kind of dyed red or blue or I gotta, something. Here's here's another idea. Why don't you uh get one of those rainbow umbrellas and cut a hole in the center and stick it around your Ooh, fucking neck. A large dog cone of shame, but you know painted. Painted or covered in construction paper. What's painted where it looks kinda like a watermelon. Ooh, mm-hmm. and dance. you could probably probably oh. help if you could dance. What kind of dance, though? I don't know. Just, just some some kind of groove. It doesn't have to be like, you know... It could be the Carlton, for all I know. It depends on the the lizard woman, I guess. Okay, but I think we can all agree, like, river dance would not do it. No, they probably have, like, a, uh, a uh, racial memory of being stepped on by large things. And, you know, St. Patrick say, driving I, them out of Ireland. That too, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, like, they live underground, so all that river dancing is probably super annoying for them. Yes. Yep, very true. Because one of the things about river dancing, I've always said, is uh, it takes white people to take the joyous act of, like, oh, just active nope. dancing and then just starch it and bleach it. And turn it into river dance. No, I, I got it. I know why the lizard ladies would not like the river dance. Oh yeah, what's that? They have taste. Ooh, good ooh, point. Ooh, ooh. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. All right. Well, this has been a shambolic episode. Um, <laughs> uh, I have just misattributed articles left and right. Uh, and I thought David was tired. So this is this is this is an episode. This has certainly been an episode. Aren't you glad that I didn't finish writing the episode we were supposed to do this week? So glad. <laughs> oh, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike, I yeah. just saw the picture you posted in the Discord <laughs> of the mushroom and the people underneath it. Yes, that Shit, is I that is something. It's in yeah, general. It's, it's in general, and Ghostforge said, "Get that psilocybin." <laughs> That's, those those three stick figures are us. God, that make a great T-shirt, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with, my, with literally the the text, get that psilocybin. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna make that, Mike. You just gave us our new shirt. That's that's something we should do sometime if we had you know more people do uh, Jackbox, a Jackbox TKO. Oh, I thought you meant psilocybin. I have Jackbox. I've been trying to get us together to do a Jackbox. I have a lot of them too. Yeah, like uh, literally do a TKO stream with uh, some of the listeners. I'm good at jacking. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I have no verifiable evidence of that. I can't see it. I've heard. Anyway, that being said, thank you everyone for listening. Um, let's see, David, what have we got to tell people about? Uh, oh, right, head to supernatpod.rocks. That is supernatpod. Uh, God damn. Supernatpod.rocks to find information about the show, links to our Discord, our merch store, our um, 
zine information and various other things like that there, including uh, information about advertising. Although after this episode, I would not blame you for not doing so. <laughs> so, um, you can we, find us on the social. Uh, I was going to say we should probably mention the uh, the first, uh, what were you calling it, Hot Wheat Theater? Yes, okay, so uh, for patrons, which you can find a link for the Patreon at supernatpod.rocks, I believe it is Patreon dot slash, yeah, patreon.supernatpod.rocks. Uh, what we're doing is on Mondays, we are streaming on the Discord until we can find an actual platform where we, we won't get uh, copyright strikes. Uh, and what we're doing is we're putting together a playlist of amusing videos, and uh, each of us will have, each host has a week where they take the reins. Mine is Kevin's Hot Wheat. Uh, David's and Mike's are to be named as we go. You know, so, and I, uh, you know, and you know, sometime maybe instead of showing videos, I might say fuck it and we'll do Jackbox. Hey, there you go. We can do something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, mine will be videos. Cause Oh man, I am finding some stuff that people are going to hate me for. <laughs> yeah. So, I started yeah. like looking at videos to start maybe doing like super cuts. Yep. Yeah. So you can find that, uh, by joining our patron. And after we're done, we post the video up on Patreon so you can watch it there. Mm -hmm. uh, so again thank you for listening we will see you guys next week for something for sure so until then stay safe and stay frosty goodbye get that psilocybin yeah you know it just dawned on me I should probably actually be saying stay safe and stay froggy Oh, I like that I, yeah cause you know frog what about some cold porridge instead of hot wheat? Nope, hot wheat all the way, baby. Microwaved grains. Rotten rye. Rotten rye and psilocybin. That's how you get witch trials. <laughs> <laughs>